this episode is all about mentorship. Mentors are can play a really big role in helping you get to your goals faster and can help you potentially avoid making a mistake that could be costly. So in this episode, I actually talk to my buddy, Brian, who's actually started a company that is a marketplace for helping mentees, particularly mentees for underrepresented backgrounds, find mentors. So he's first generation in his family to go to college, talks about his story of going to a non-target school and trying to break into finance. And finance is one of these industries where the school that you go to matters a lot. And so that led to him in his own journey, wanting to contribute back more. And that's when he started his company, Odyssey. So we talk about his own journey, as well as some of the things that we have recommendations for in terms of being a good mentee. I know that this is one of the mistakes that I made when I was younger was not doing my part as the mentee to follow up and keep the relationship going. So that's one of the things that I talk about here. And he also makes a great recommendation for a book that played a really transformational role in his journey. So if you're a mentee or looking to be a mentee, looking for a mentor, check this episode out. This is for you. You're listening to I Wish I Knew. I Wish I Knew. I Wish I Knew. The I Wish I Knew podcast with your host, Jonathan A. Graham. Brian, thanks so much for joining today. Thank you so much for having me. Very excited. Yeah. I mean, this is an important topic. It's something that I think about. I want to talk to you about the importance of mentorship. I think it's particularly important. My whole reason why I started this podcast, I wish I knew podcast, all the things that I know now that I wish I knew sooner. And I particularly Mm -hmm. want to share that with folks that may have the talent, the ambition, the hunger, but may just not have that in their immediate family or their immediate surroundings. And I think that's one of those critical gaps of having folks that can help accelerate your path. Some folks who are steps ahead of you, who can open up doors, who can make introductions. And so when I found about you and your story and your company, Odyssey, also focused on a similar mission and audience. I thought it'd be awesome to, to have you on and, and talk about this more. Yeah, it's really perfectly aligned with what you're talking about. And it's such a huge, important part of your life. And yeah, I'm very excited to talk about it. So let's get started and talk about your company, Odyssey, and what led you to actually create it. And what is the actual vision that you have? Yeah, so Odyssey is a platform connecting underrepresented students with inspiring professionals to help them on their career path. And really what it's about is such a huge part of your career journey is your network. And there are things out there trying to change it, but when it boils down to it, it's it really matters who you know. And if you're not born into a family that has somebody in finance or your next door neighbor isn't at a tech company, then it can be really difficult to break into those industries. So the really the core goal of what we're doing is to help facilitate those interactions between somebody who doesn't have a network and those professionals out there who are willing to give back. They want to make an impact. They want to connect and lend a helping hand to the next generation. And they might not know how or where or the best way to connect with these students. And specifically, we do undergraduate and graduate students as kind of our target mentees. And we give them an opportunity to do that flexibly. And, and they post 30-minute slots of availability. And basically on the student side, they can reach out and they can connect one-to-one with these professionals and have conversations about what's it like to actually be in your career? What do you love about the job? What do you hate about it? What should I be doing on my journey to get where you are today? And by having those conversations and they start to build the relationships that create the network and all of a sudden they're not at a disadvantage anymore, right? When it comes down time 
to apply and land a job. They've got that network that other people might be born with or just happen upon. And really it can happen by such chance, but it's so important that let's try to remove some luck out of the equation, right? Like let's create a platform that's intentionally helping you make those connections. So that way, when it comes time to land the job, you A, know about it, you know the career exists and, and B, you ha have that real opportunity to get in because let's face it, just applying online is, it's the black hole of applications, right? So we wanna actually give people an opportunity and the statistic around referrals is applications that are referral-based are only 7% of applications but hires that are referral-based are 40% or over wow. 40%, which is just right mind-blowing. So, and that's where they're actually tracking the referrals, whereas I'm sure it's an even higher number when you consider it might not be a referral, but they've met this person at that company or they have a friend of a friend who, who they've networked with and they've built those relationships and understand the culture and, and having they've gotten exposure to what it's like to work at the company before actually interviewing and, and trying to get in. Totally. I didn't know, for example, to reiterate your point, you know, I grew up geographically very close to Silicon Valley, about 90 minutes away, but economically it was a world apart. And when you think about the divergence between the two areas, right? One is the greatest wealth creation engine in the history of business, right? And that there were certain careers that I had no idea even existed. And so when you're in school, you know, people tell you go to college, but there's not a lot of information, at least not at that point in my age, where anyone talked about which majors and how careers are even available, right? Like I didn't even know what venture capital was until I was 24, management consulting, private equity. Like these are jobs that don't exist and they're not evenly distributed throughout the country. There's a lot of folks in smaller towns or other places that may have talents and attributes that could be successful in these roles. But if you don't even know about it, or you don't even know how it works, getting on the right tracks or going to quote unquote target schools or getting into the right funnel, you're at a disadvantage. And that's the core problem that I feel that, you know, contributes to people making suboptimal decisions with suboptimal information. Yeah. I mean, the talent pool should be evenly distributed throughout the world, right? right? But just the opportunities aren't. And by nature of that, people face this network gap or the skill gap because they don't have exposure to those opportunities. And you mentioned target schools. Like I was a first generation college student and the worst time to learn about target schools is when you're at a non-target school already for two years. <laughs> and let's, you know, let's, was, so yeah. let's pause there and, and define what target is. And yeah, so, folks who don't know, yeah. A lot of the large enterprises with large recruiting funnels out of for early career, specifically students, what they typically have is a list of target schools. And these are specific schools that they will recruit at, that if a resume comes in from that school, they will heavily consider it. They'll do events at the school. They'll send people there to interview. They'll even have school ambassadors for assigned to each target school. And by nature of that, a non-target school does not have any of those benefits. So when you're getting your application in, it is not flagged. It is not highlighted. It oftentimes can go right to the trash bin unless you can find some other way in, some other connection. But that connection is not going to be your school. And that's such a huge benefit for target school students. 
because that's the signal that they can send to employers and they don't need to worry quite as much about sending signals through other ways, which is finding some other connection or, or standing out. Right. So this is a great point. I want to get your personal opinion on this because basically these signals are basically a form of confirmation bias, which is reconfirming something that someone believes already. Meaning if you go to this school that you're going to be sharp, hardworking, right. And a, a good fit for this company and paying for that brand, if you will, it's basically a brand. Because if you get a computer science major or a business major, you're probably using the same textbooks at the state school as you are at the the brand name school. The coursework is the same. You're not learning any different principles of economics or databases. What's different is the buildings are nicer, the folks that you're learning next to, and the professors there, right? And the alumni group. And that brand has a different ranking associated with it and can open up doors. I didn't know the importance of that. So I went to state school and my decision was based on going to get the cheapest possible tuition and getting, getting a degree based on doing that. And I was like, Hey, I don't want to finish with debt. I think that that's like the smartest way for me to do this. I have been blessed with how things have worked out, but I also realized that I think that for certain careers, it would have made sense for me to have gone into debt to go to a brand name school. I'm curious your thoughts about this. Yeah. And it's such a huge issue and question. And First, I want to mention there's a book, The Years That Matter Most by Paul Tuff, and highly recommended reading for everybody, but it explores a lot this issue of what school you're at affecting how you actually get into the corporations afterwards and how that recruiting works. But the funny part is, like you mentioned, it's the brand that matters. And what they found is that the value is just getting into the school. Once you're in the school, like people aren't paying for that education that you're getting there. It's the signal that you sent because you were able to get into that school. And you're at such a huge disadvantage when all of your peers in high school aren't shooting towards this one goal. Correct. Correct. Of knowing, you know, how important getting into one of these target schools, which is an, an Ivy League plus, you know, 30 other schools call it. And if you don't know how important that is, that's not going to be your focus. Totally. Totally. And if you're not focused on it, there's no way you're going to win at the game, right? Unless random chance. And there are things like getting an SAT tutor. Never, never even a million years did it cross my mind. I didn't, I just went to the classes at school that they had beforehand and I took the SAT and I don't think I retook it because like, that was it. I took the SAT and I'll get into whatever school that, that seems to make sense. But when it comes down to it, actually investing in an SAT tutor, which at the time I didn't have the money for that, but if you can invest in an SAT tutor, the earnings payout later on in life can actually be huge because that's one of the huge ways that can push you into one of those target schools, which can then send you on to that path of getting tracked into one of these companies. So like you... I wish I had a better understanding beforehand. And that would have been more of a focus for me. Like grades and SATs in high school would have been a big push. And But for me, it just wasn't something that I thought was very important. I thought I'm halfway smart. I'll work right. hard. Right. I didn't think that what specific college I went to was going to be such a big determinant in the opportunities that were presented to me. Totally. Totally. And so this is exactly what we, we're spirit animals in this, in that we believe that talent is widely distributed, but opportunity is not. And two, that it's hard to win at a game if you don't know the rules. And so that's what, 
want to make that as widely known as possible so that everybody has a fair or more equal chance at really cashing in on their gifts, their talents, and achieving the life that they deserve to live and not prematurely, you know, de- deterred by these roadblocks that exist, these artificial things that, that exist. The good thing is, is companies understand this to some extent as well, right? right? And maybe in the past, it's easier to have a target school list and just filter out and it's a quick, easy filter. And then they can kind of cover their own butts because even if the hire doesn't go well, listen, it was from a target list. But mm. now as things move on and hiring is more competitive and technology is better, and there are more opportunities for students to send an additional signal outside of, outside of what university they're at. And that's why there are companies that are coming on to Odyssey because they understand that it, there are students, there's better talent, right? Like the hungriest person at this state school right. is going to be a better hire than okay. the next 90% at whatever target school they're at, right? Because there's going to be more drive. Yeah. Even. There's going to be more ambition and hunger Lessons and of entitlement. Yeah. And grit is what, yeah. The key determining factor. Another great book. Yeah. Is that Angela Duckworth? I think so. Yeah. 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 Great book on the importance of having a long-term goal and being super, super dedicated to it. I think that's the one page summary mm-hmm. or one sentence summary, but basically they isolated for SAT scores and income and IQ and basically all those things pale in comparison to the ability to have grit and to keep going in the face of so, the, the point being, if it's, if you're already at school or beyond school, like it all is not lost. There are so many opportunities now popping up, but if you have a chance to, obviously it's just a much better advantage to understand these things beforehand and follow where the opportunities are. But luckily there are, there are more and more opportunities for people who didn't go down the traditional path. And that's one thing that we're working on Odyssey. And there's a ton of other companies too, who are focused on this because it's such an important issue and it's actually a good opportunity for companies, right? It's like a value investment for the company because they're not just battling everybody over the same few thousand people that are at these schools when there's, when there's such huge talent outside of that. Yeah, I totally agree. So yeah, let's go back to your actual journey and how mentorship played a role in you doing that. So you said that you were originally at a non-target school for the first two years. So it sounds like you transferred. Let's talk about that whole journey. And Actually, sorry, I stayed at the same school, but it just two years in is when I realized I was at a non-target school and is when the journey, I guess, started for actually finding the job and, and I saw how difficult it was. So I was at a non-target school and... I loved finance at the time. I was trading stocks on my laptop during classes, like reading the Wall Street Journal every day, watching CNBC nonstop. All I wanted to talk about was investing and finance. I was writing a blog. I co-founded a, like a club at the university for investing. And despite all of this, I started down finding a job and it was really difficult, right? It just there was banks coming to our university, but they were only recruiting for operations roles. That was it. And I'd go to every one of these events and afterwards I'd talk to the people that were there and I'd say, well, yeah, I know the operations, but I really want to do investing or investment banking. And I had, you know, there was probably five different roles I was really interested in and they were all what you would consider front office, which in finance just means you're either customer facing or kind of just facing the financial markets and having some type of role in the investment decisions. And they just were no help at all. They, they were like, no, like, we're not here for that. We don't do that. It's actually really hard to get into that from operations. 
and I was devastated basically because this is all I cared about this is all I was doing and and now like my eyes opened and I realized oh my gosh this university is actually has made it my decision to go to this university has made it a much more difficult journey than it would have been if I would have tried a little harder in high school understood that the college mattered and chosen based on that so here I was in this predicament and I quickly realized that the network was the only way that I was going to be saved. And I was reaching out to everybody using the typical tricks, which was LinkedIn. I quickly realized that you can find alumni from your school or friends of alumni at your school and alumni from your school at a company is there's two big advantages to that. One is now, you know, for sure that they will hire somebody from your school, right? So that's at least one check mark. And two is that person is probably vested in getting other people from their school in because it feels good. They want to help out their fellow classmates and alumni. So I was going down that route and still, still having a tough time. And I was badgering the undergraduate career center and they, they finally were like, well, why don't you try the graduate career center? Like there are some different resources there. They have some different connections. And I went and Mary Young was, was an advisor there and she booked an appointment with me, even though I was an undergrad and we had a long conversation. And finally she put me in contact with Chris Napoli, who was actually an alumni who was doing very well, was on the buy side in a role that I was super interested in, had put in the time, the effort to really achieve what I would love to have achieved. And, you know, we got on the phone and it was probably 30 minutes of him grilling me what's a credit default swap? Why would I do this? You know, really testing me, like whether mm -hmm. I was worth the time to invest, right. Yeah, which I really respect. And he was super blunt. If I got something wrong, he would just tear me to shreds, which was, I guess, a good first taste of, of Wall Street yeah. culture. <laughs> but that was it. That was the beginning of an awesome mentoring relationship that I had with Chris. And he really helped open doors and, and opening doors can mean a lot of things. And as a mentor, you can help open doors through a bunch of different ways. And one is opening your network, right? Introducing to other people, having those conversations. Two is just the knowledge I was learning from him, right? Because he was willing to grill me and talk like he would appear, I was then able to go into interviews which with a much better understanding of how to converse and really how to match the culture that was what the jobs I was applying for were. And then luck would have it that Gabelli Asset Management was recruiting in the area and Chris flagged that to me. He said, this is an awesome firm. I did a ton of research. He talked about the people working there. So I really had a good understanding of how the firm worked, what they valued. And that extra knowledge, that flagging, that seeing that opportunity made the difference. And I was able to get in into Gabelli. When I graduated, I joined the rotational program and because it was a flat organization with only 200 people, I got a ton of exposure to, to Mario Gabelli, the founder. And that really allowed me to just show up every day with a knife between my teeth. I was waking up at 5 a.m. every day. I get the 5.58 a.m. train from Grand Central to where the office was. I'd show up at my desk and I'd, I'd work my tail off. And because I was really passionate about investing, I think that that helped a ton and that showed through and I was able to kind of rise up to the merger arbitrage mutual fund and then eventually to the hedge fund, which was really my dream job. And 
and a lot of that was thanks to Chris really opening those doors and so thankful for that. And, you know, he's been part of my journey for that. And I got there and was doing exactly what I love to do. And then seven years into finance, I just realized I wanted to do something more impactful, more tangible. I was showing up every day, pouring my heart and soul into an investment and pouring everything I had into it. And then once it was successful, basically we'd sell the stock or roll off. We'd have some profit or loss on it. And that was the only remaining outcome. It wasn't like a business where you built a new feature, that feature exists, and then you buy it, you build another feature or you sold somebody a piece of clothing and now they're wearing this clothing multiple times. It's doing all of this work for one investment and then you sell it. And the only outcome is the profit and loss statement. And I just wanted something where it would be more progressing over time and more, I'd see the fruits over a longer period and, and kind of be building something more tangible. And in high school, I had actually done a graphic design company with a couple of high school buddies and I love that experience. And I knew I always wanted to go back to entrepreneurship. And that's, you know, kind of what led me to Odyssey. So I had seen this problem with needing a mentor in, in college. At Cabelli, I got involved in some different mentoring programs. And they were awesome when you had a conversation. But actually getting to those conversations, you had to jump through so many hoops. You had to commit to being in the same city for four years. Every month you had to meet in person. Every week you had to meet online, which was great, but it was really difficult when you're super busy. And I just thought because everybody that I knew would value being a mentor and value those conversations and helping people, but most of them couldn't make those time commitments. I just thought how powerful it could be if we could unlock for these people, those conversations by making it more flexible. And all of a sudden now we have a million more mentors and having a million more of these connections and helping a million more students or 10 million or hundred million, right? Because in the end, I think the internet is such an amazing place to help facilitate these type of connections because it's no longer about who your next door neighbor is. You can log in and you can get connected with anybody. And actually the silver lining of COVID has been it accelerated this, the norms of virtual connections. Totally. And now, you know, you can be born like you were how far from San Francisco, but far from San Francisco, yeah. but you can log in and get connected with somebody at a top San Francisco tech firm who has carved out 30 minutes in their day. And maybe they can't commit to a weekly program, but they can say, actually Thursday at 7 PM, I have a 30 minute slot. And you can say, perfect. That works for me and, and book the office hours and connect and, and start to build that relationship. I, I love it. Totally. 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 I want to go back to your story. Okay. Because one thing that I pull out here is the, there's a quote that says luck is the intersection of opportunity and preparation. And this is what I want people to be particularly mindful about is how you prepared. Because one was the person who was willing to make the introduction to the alum, but that alum was going to test you. He's going to see as my reputation worthy of, am I going to put this on the line by making the recommendation for you? I want to help but you need to make sure that you're showing up. And so I want folks who are listening to this, if you're in high school or college or early in career, looking to make a career transition, people to understand what that actually looks like and what you need to be prepared to put in that effort so that folks will be more likely to want to help you. Because I think 
you know, people will hit me up on LinkedIn and ask me, you know, about, Hey, how do I get a job here or whatever, take time. And the folks that I'm most, and I'm overwhelmed, I can't respond to everyone. Right. But the folks that who I'm most likely to help or find the most compelling are people that I can tell who have done their, their homework and have, who are, who are really putting in that effort. So for me on the product side, for example, it's someone who is actually putting together a one page memo showing their product. Here's the actual domain that I'm interested in. Here's the mock-up of a, you know, a startup that I worked on or a side project. I'd like to talk to you about this particular point, not, you know, the superficial, Hey, I want to, you know, can you help me get a job at Apple? So that's one of the things I wanted to recognize is that you did the work. You did the prep work to know all the questions that you were going to be able to be asked in that initial intro meeting. But then also once you actually broke into the firm, you showed up every day. The first startup I worked at, I was there. I was taking the 603 bus. It was a series A startup, fourth person in the room. I was there, you know, 633 every morning, just doing what it took. And, but that startup failed. No outcome positive in that regard. But the people that I met and the network and that led to other positive opportunities. And I wouldn't be where I'm at today because of that. So I wanted people to have clarity and transparency in how these things, the importance of relationships, the importance of having a good reputation for being a person that works hard, shows up, and that will pay spades beyond just the immediate opportunity in, in doing that. But yeah, if, if you share like a little bit more about how you show up or how you prepare for an interview, for example, or things like that, that'd be great. And such a great point, right? Like the difference between getting a one pager and a, hey, can I get a job at Apple, right? Totally. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think it's just important that you understand that you invest, you have to invest in yourself and in the relationship before that person is going to invest in the relationship, right? You need to demonstrate that you're willing to put in the effort. And that first impression can be huge. And it's funny because we actually see this in Odyssey where we make a big point of, there's a note to the professional that a student puts when they book an office hour. And I read almost all of them to make sure that they're setting a good impression because it's so important. And you'll see some that are just, Hey, your career sounds interesting. That's it. Like one sentence. And we have this whole tutorial, this whole primer, because it's so important that it should be setting some context. It shouldn't be transactional. It should be friendly and starting to build that relationship. So yeah, like you said, how I put in the effort ahead of time. I think this is interesting because it shows how important it is to find something that you can be really interested in. And I understand it's hard to say, pursue your passion because we're not all in a position to do that. And I did have student loans and I got super lucky that finance paid well because otherwise like I would be really screwed. So it's hard to just promote, you know, pursue your passion because Sometimes it's, it's just not feasible. And sometimes you need to optimize for other stuff. You need to optimize for salary or something. But I was in a good position because I was pursuing something that I was so interested in finance that my preparation was happening every day. Every time I turned on CNBC, every time I read the Wall Street Journal, every time I read another investment book, that, that was preparation. And that shows you how big of an advantage you can have when you do find a job that you can really care about. Because if I was just saying, okay, I hate this stuff, but I need to prepare for this interview, maybe I'd put in 10 hours, maybe, and probably not, right? But because it was something that I was so interested in, I was putting in a thousand hours and not thinking about it. It wasn't 
it wasn't me saying I need to get ready for this talk with Chris. And, and I did intentionally do that, but that was only a few hours of it, right? Like thousands of hours of it were, were just because it was something that I was, I cared so much about and I knew I wanted to get into and I knew I wanted to be successful in it. And it was important for me to understand it as well as I could. So, so yeah, I think it means showing up every day and understanding that whatever career you do choose, you're going to be more fulfilled. You're going to enjoy it more and you're going to have a better understanding when you are every day thinking about how can I learn more about this, right? Find something that you can be curious about, something that you can really pursue on a daily basis. So that way, you know, when it does come time to prepare, it's not just a cursory overview. It's something that you very intentionally have been doing for so long. And now you can, okay, what, what are the few things that I need to for sure brush up on? Because I know this person does XYZ role, which entails more of that. So I should have a better understanding of that before the interview or the mentorship conversation or the coffee chat or whatever it is, because this person is, is investing their time in you. So you need to show them that, you know, you value that time and, and you can do that by just showing up on time is really important. Just, just showing up and two is putting in the effort beforehand. So those are two really, and I'm going to call them simple because there's no chance involved in that. Right. Like, it's, right. It's not, it's not, those are things that you, you control. Yeah. You can control. So I'm going to call them simple, even though it can take time, it can take effort, but they're simple because you can fully control them. So one thing you definitely learn, and this is probably back from investing is there are so many things you can't control in investing. Mm-hmm. So when you find stuff you can control, you control the hell out of that thing. Right. And these are those things. So, you know, put in the effort and it's just so worth it. Great advice. Yeah. One thing I want to touch on here. This is a personal thing for me when I have taken the time to take a phone call, have a zoom meeting with someone, you know, either a friend recommends them to me or a, you know, through an intro or, you know, totally blind on LinkedIn. One of the things that my pet peeves, when I have a conversation with someone, I invest my energy, try to really help. I really big believer in putting the same energy into the world that I want to receive. Right. That's literally why I started this podcast. Right. All these things that I know now that I wish someone shared with me. I didn't have the big brother, the uncle, the cousin, dad to tell me that these things. And so that's why I'm doing this. When I do that and then this person I never hear from again, it pisses me off. And I know that the mentee, the other person on the side of the phone probably is not doing this intentionally, has no idea how it's being perceived. But I want to make sure that that's very clear if you are looking for someone's advice or you ask, you request their, their time and they give that to you, the importance of keeping that relationship warm and sending an update, like literally it could be once a quarter, mm-hmm. you know, five bullet points. If someone tells you, Hey, for, so for example, you mentioned a book that talks about in, in greater detail, how the whole selection and tracking works, right? What is the name of that book? again the years that matter most the years that matter by most. paul tough by paul tough we'll make sure those are in the links in the notes if you were to recommend that book to me and ask you for your time i would read that book go spend the 15 bucks to get it on amazon or go to the library if i couldn't find it there and i would follow up with you with my notes of what i learned from it mm-hmm. that is what i know now as a mentee and i've probably been guilty of this in the past not probably i have been that same kid who did that so that's why I, i'm not pointing fingers at anybody 
being unreasonable here. I admit that I was that kid who asked for someone's time before and did a lousy job of staying in touch. And that's what I want folks to understand the importance of when someone's invested in you, a great way, if they recommend a book, follow up on that book, take notes, send that, here's what I learned about it. Here's questions that naturally would come out, right? That's how you continue a conversation. Networking isn't like this artificial thing. It's genuinely a relationship, a point of connection. And the way that you may not even think that you can add someone value in there, but you can, and you can do it through hustle points. For example, maybe you're closer to the market. Like certain careers are always on the lookout for new hot investment opportunities, venture capitalists, right? So if you have a particular interest and you're scouring things on TikTok, whatever, you may know about something ahead of the investor and you could potentially send them new things that they could be interested in, right? There's also another form of adding value to someone that might be in a totally different bracket from you, you know, economically, but the the sense of letting that person feel like they're making a difference in the world. And that's really why probably I think a lot of mentors want to do that. They see themselves in younger people. And when they know that that time has now had an impact, i.e. you keep them updated on, Hey, this is how I've learned. Thank you so much for, you know, helping me correct course or, you know, explore these things deeper. You're now giving that person the reward, their sense of value and giving that little, you know, pat on the back for them. So I just want to make that clear to anybody. If you're asking folks for time, make sure you put it on your calendar, whatever your task management to stay in contact, keep that person updated and things will evolve. And I've got relationships that have turned into like that. I never, ever, ever, ever would have expected to evolve in the way that they did simply because I have stayed in touch with folks and, you know, incredible value. Yeah. And yeah, same here. I, I definitely have made that mistake when I was younger. And to your point, this is something we focus on a lot that I, I like to talk about is the feedback where professionals have the knowledge and the skills and they want to make an impact. And then mm-hmm. students want the knowledge and the skills and the network and they have potential. So there's professionals sharing the network and skills. And in return, what the student needs to be doing is demonstrating that impact, showing right. how their potential is being driven forward by these conversations and by what's being shared by the professional. And to your point, that update can be anything. It can be, I've read this book, here's, here's the intro, here's, here's my takeaways from it, or I, I talked to this person you recommended I talked to. And it can even be, hey, I've learned based on our conversations that this is not something I want to pursue. It can right. be a failure. Yeah, you know? Cl- closing the loop as well. Yeah, ex- exactly. exactly. Yeah. Showing initiative, and, I think, is the, the, probably the biggest thing, initiative. Yep, initiative. And the more you show to the professional, the more invested they're going to be in you, right? Correct. Because Correct. they're going to feel more a part of their journey. And there's right. going to be ups and downs in every journey, and they understand that. But the more that they feel bought into that, it's, it's going to be better for both of you. So, yeah, just keeping them looped. And sometimes people are nervous to share updates because oh, they don't want to waste more of their time. Right. But it's so important to understand that it's not wasting their time and – One metaphor I like to reference that I think it's from designing your life, but it's basically if you're going to ask somebody for directions, it's not something you should feel bad about because the person is going to feel good that they gave you the directions, right? Like if you pull over and ask, they're not going to think, oh, that person just, what are, how rude to ask me. And if you take that analogy even further, what if you got to your destination and you call them and you thank them and you say, actually, that place you mentioned along the way, we stopped and had breakfast there, right? Like, it's going to make that person's day really. And just keeping that feedback loop going is how you build that relationship over time, which is what it is. It is a relationship. Totally. Cool. Yeah. This has been great. 
this podcast is called I Wish I Knew. All the things I know now that I wish I knew when I was younger. I'm curious if you have anything in particular that you wish you knew younger besides going to yeah, school. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, so I don't like to say I regret things because I'm a big believer if you like where you are today, like you had to go through, you had to make those mistakes to get there or you had to go on that journey. But having said that, I think not knowing what I didn't know was such a huge issue when I was younger. Like the stuff we talked about earlier, I didn't know that there was stuff I should be exploring. I didn't know there was other career paths or target schools or all of these things. And I didn't find out about them because I didn't understand how much I didn't know. And I guess it's some like inherent child arrogance or like as a kid, you believe you, you know so much and you learn over time that there's so much out there that you still need to discover. And I think if I understood that better, that would just accelerate the learning process, right? Because the sooner you understand how much is out there that you can learn and it'll only make you more curious, you'll only explore more. This journey is all about failing. And I learned that more and more, especially with a startup, it's just getting up and failing every day until you get it right. And you yes. learn so much from the failures yes. and, you know, being willing to make those failures is so huge. So just understanding you don't know much, right? There's so much to learn, getting out there, failing, being curious, and just exploring what's out there. And then really valuing those relationships. We talked about the mentorship. I mean, luck is such a huge part of this journey. And a big part of that luck is the people you meet. And the doors they open for you and they give you a chance and people need to believe in you. And one person believing in you has such a huge impact on your career trajectory and your life trajectory, really. And I'm just so thankful for those relationships that I've built. And like Ralph Rocco, the portfolio manager at Cabelli was, he was willing to give me a chance. I was this young kid working hard who really didn't know what I thought I knew, but just one person believing in you can really mean so much. And and valuing those relationships and getting out there and exploring and building and failing. It's just so important. Absolutely, man. Fully agree. This has been great. Really appreciate you making the time for folks who are interested in Odyssey. How can they find yeah. out more? Where should they go? Yeah. So it's a totally free platform, completely everything we do. The one-to-one office hours that you can book with professionals. We do big events. We just did a big career fair. We're going to do a hackathon, a stock pitch contest. You name it, we've got panels coming up and you just head to www.join-odyssey.com and you can sign up there. You'll get our weekly newsletter with everything that we're doing and coming up. We have a job board we just launched. So yeah, just check it out and you can always feel free to message me, Brian at join-odyssey.com. Always happy to connect and help whoever I can because I know how important that is for the journey. Awesome, man. Really appreciate it. You doing this, taking time for me, and then also you doing this for the world because we actually do need this. You got to be the change that you wish to see in the world. So you're, you're absolutely about it. Well, likewise. I mean, I think this podcast is awesome and I like the mission you're on. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for having me. This is definitely the highlight of my week. Cool. Take care, man. Awesome. Have a great one. All right. All right. Getting a mentor can be a shortcut to success. So by all means, take that action, reach out, do your homework first. Make sure you are clear in what your ask is. Show initiative, whatever it is that you're looking for. People really like to see that you've already tried to solve a problem at first or that you've given some effort there. Don't be lazy with that ask. But once you've done that, it's okay. Be bold. Go for it. Reach out. I mean, the cost of asking someone for help is not high, but the value 
that they could potentially have by helping you out could be huge. So definitely go ahead and do that. And as I mentioned, once you get that help, make sure that you keep that person updated. Quarterly at a minimum, set a calendar invite or a calendar reminder to yourself. Make sure that you're keeping people updated. It doesn't have to be a long email. It doesn't have to be overly formal. But just let folks know. You know, it's just like a garden that you plant a seed in. It's just you want to see how it's going and you want to know that things are progressing. So instead of watering it with water, you're watering it with your energy and your time and your attention. And you want to see that thing develop and grow. So this and, and to be clear, this applies to me currently. You know, I'm in my late 30s and this is still something that I have folks that I want to talk to and learn from and that are mentoring to me. So I still have to apply these things. It's one of the things I wish I had done a better job earlier of keeping relationships warm and making sure I prioritized consistent communication with folks that were generous with their time and advice with me. So yeah, check out, if you are happen to be that age range, check out Brian's company, join-odyssey.com. Check that out. And also the book that he mentioned, got a link to that in the show notes. And as always, start what you are, use what you have, do what you can. Thanks for listening to the I Wish I Knew podcast with Jonathan A. Graham. For more free resources in this episode's show notes, head over to jonathanagram.com.